Two words tonight. Two words. Humility and justice. Humility and justice. And though neither of those words occur in the text that I just read, they are both important to Jesus' baptism and to ours. But to get there, we have to go back in time, at least one week, to the story of Epiphany and the coming of the wise men who made their way to Bethlehem to see this newborn king. They were sent there by Herod to search for the one the prophet foretold. For from you shall come a ruler to shepherd my people Israel. Now we don't know a lot about these wise men other than they came from afar and they came bearing gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. But they were people of some importance. They were religious leaders in their own Persian culture. And what do these religious leaders do when they finally get to Jesus, but they fall on their knees and they worship Him? Upon entering the house, they saw Mary, His mother, and they knelt down and they paid Him homage. This is their first act Upon seeing Jesus, they humbled themselves before him. Now that's significant. It's what we are to do too when we come to Jesus, is to kneel down and pay him homage and worship him. Now let's jump to today in the story of Jesus' baptism. For here we have a story about Jesus coming to John the Baptist, his cousin and friend. And John holds a traditional view of baptism, that it is done for the repentance of sin and forgiveness of sin. But John knows that Jesus doesn't need this forgiveness. He also knows that Jesus doesn't have to come to him to start his ministry. But Jesus does. Jesus humbles himself before John and before God, saying, let it be so. Let it be so, for it is proper to fulfill all righteousness. This is how I establish my relationship with the source of my life. What Jesus does is come to John not so much for baptism as to surrender himself, like those magi did, falling on their knees before him. Jesus humbles Himself before John and before the One who is beyond all others. He humbles Him before the God who is greater than the temple or the purity codes or the teachings of the scribes and Pharisees. Coming to John was an act of full surrender. Jesus understood baptism as entrusting His whole life to God. And he expects us to think of it that way as well. But that runs counter to what John understood about baptism. Remember, he said to Jesus, you should be baptizing me. I'm not worthy to even untie your shoes. But Jesus says, no, this is the way it must be. In doing so, he models something different for all of us. He models that God must come first in our lives, that right relationship with God 
is what matters most. Our preoccupations with ourselves and with our own security and survival and our need to maintain power and control, our desires for esteem and affection, all these things get in the way of our having a right relationship with God. They get in the way of our loving God and being loved by God in a way that shapes us and enables us to have courage. Jesus lets go of ego. He sets it aside and humbles himself. And what happens? Suddenly the heavens open and the dove alights on him and he hears those words. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Jesus receives in that moment the stamp of approval. His humility opens him to that message. And it wasn't just said to him. Everyone there heard it. And it's said in a way that we can hear it too. Behold my beloved son. His complete and utter trust, his full surrender, his humility in the face of John and in the company of God is affirmed in that voice. We too are invited to do the same, to humble ourselves in God's presence, to surrender ourselves, our wills, unto God's will, to give ourselves over to the source of life itself. Now next week, we're going to hear from the Gospel of John that this Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And how does Jesus do that? The way Jesus takes away the sins of the world is through the same thing, through trusting surrender, complete obedience, giving himself over to God, even to the point of death. Again, it's the same life that Jesus invites all of us into, a life of surrender and trust. When we give ourselves over like that, we're apt to hear the same message. Here is my beloved son. Here is my beloved daughter. It is us in whom God is well pleased. As we give ourselves over to God, God works through us. And God's purposes can happen in the world because of that letting go on our part. Which leads us to the second word, justice. By way of baptism, John was initiated, or Jesus rather, was initiated for a purpose. And we heard that purpose stated in the reading from Isaiah earlier. Here is my servant in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him to bring forth justice to the nations, to open the eyes of the blind, to release the prisoners from darkness. Justice is God's way. And God's desire. And when we surrender to God, we get caught up in the very thing that matters most to God. And while that at times may be a little frightening and a little overwhelming, we can be assured that where the will of God takes us, the grace of God will sustain us. Which is important to remember as we continue to work for the healing of this city. Our mission here at Richmond Hill is a lofty one. It's challenging. At times it's exhausting. And sometimes it seems out of reach 
Yet the work of justice is not something that we do alone. God is in it and working for good, even in ways that we can't always see. There's a story told about Martin Luther King Jr. that after receiving a series of threatening phone calls, he was deeply disturbed and unsettled about his role in the civil rights movement, and in particular, his involvement in the Montgomery bus boycott. The story goes that at the kitchen table one night, he buried his face in his hands and he admitted that he was afraid, that he had nothing left, and that the people would falter if they looked to him for strength. And at that very moment, he experienced something that he would later describe as the first transcendent experience of his life. A friend of his would write about it, saying that the moment lacked the splendor of a vision or a voice speaking out loud, but the moment awakened and confirmed his belief that the essence of religion is not a grand metaphysical idea, but something personal, grounded in experience, something that opened up mysteriously beyond the predicaments of human beings in their frailest and noblest moments. Inherent in moments like that are calls to serve and to walk by faith. The Reverend Joseph Evans of Mount Carmel Baptist Church in Washington says that King experienced a kind of spiritual baptism, which focuses and forces a person to totally immerse her or himself into the driving passion associated with a God-given vocation what our text for this evening might call full immersion into social justice. As we remember Jesus' baptism, let us remember too the importance of humility and justice. As we give ourselves over to God in a Christ-like manner, God lifts us up and enables us to be vessels for healing and reconciliation here in this room and out there in this city. We are baptized as co-workers in the fulfillment of God's plan. May it be so. Amen. Amen.